We're celebrating Easter today because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to earth and lived a sinless life, and being crucified took the punishment for our sins, and by his death he conquered sin and death and hell and the grave, amen? And he did it for our sake. He didn't do it for his sake, he did it for our sake. And by his resurrection we are justified You believe those truths this morning? I trust you do. You likely know this truth, though not everyone believes that. Not everyone believes this about Jesus. Some would say Jesus was merely an itinerant sage. Sounds good, doesn't it? Pastor Mark Dever pastor of Capitol Hill Baptist Church has written several books. One, he writes, covering the whole New Testament, and in his book he writes about who Jesus is, and he challenges those who think that Jesus was a, he says, a heroic leader who challenged the establishment of his day, someone who provokes feelings of nostalgia as we recount sometimes true, sometimes mythologized school day stories. He says, it's commonly believed that Jesus was a great religious leader. Was that true? Yeah, that was true. But that's not the half of it. That's not, that's not telling at all, is it? That's not even starting to tell the story. Yes, a great religious leader, but come on. Jesus Christ was far more than that. Now, it may be true that he was a great religious leader, but that's far from telling the whole story about who Jesus is. I want you to turn with me to John's Gospel, the fourth book of the New Testament, We're beginning a new series of studies in the Gospel of John this morning. The Gospel of John, I want you to turn with me to chapter 20. And you're going, wait a minute, we're really skipping a lot here, aren't we? We're beginning a new series of studies here in the Gospel of John, but instead of starting with chapter 1, I want to start with chapter 20. The reason I want you to start here in chapter 20 is because this is where I think we find the purpose or the theme of the Gospel of John. Look with me at verses 30 and 31 in John chapter 20. John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, but... These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Very simply stated this morning, John's purpose in writing this gospel is to persuade people to believe in Jesus Christ. Now, you may not be a follower of Jesus Christ today, but I hope you'll keep coming back to hear these messages over the coming weeks that reveal just who Jesus is. This study in the Gospel of John will be very helpful for you. If you're not a follower of Christ, you need to hear these truths. Because what you choose to believe about Jesus has eternal consequences. My hope is that Learning the truth about who Jesus is will persuade you to believe in Jesus. It will save your soul. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, John's gospel also goes far beyond telling you about your need of a Savior, telling you about Jesus Christ, because you can 
know that he is Christ, it goes far beyond encouraging you and persuading you to believe. It also helps you grow in your faith. If you will study the Gospel of John with us, if you're a follower of Christ, and you'll study the Gospel of John with us as we go through a thorough study of these chapters and the Gospel of John together, I guarantee that you will be grown and encouraged and challenged in your faith into a rich knowledge of who Jesus is and why He came, and it will make a difference in how you serve the risen Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So the question we come to this morning and I want you to turn back to, to chapter 1 now. You didn't think we were going to stay in chapter 20, did you? Go, go to chapter 1. And the question before us this morning is, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Now, John John was inspired by the Holy Spirit, as, as were all the writers of all the books in the Bible, inspired by God to write what he did. And he asserts that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah. He is the Son of God. But just how does John reveal Jesus as the Son of God? I want you to look at chapter 1 with me, and we're going to begin here this morning with just the first three verses. In chapter 1, we find, and this will give you a heads up about where we're going in the next few weeks. In chapter 1, we find seven names for Jesus that identify him in a very special way. Those names for Jesus will help us understand who he is and why he came and why it's very important to believe in Jesus. These seven names make it clear that Jesus was no ordinary man. These names also make it clear that he is God's son. And Lord willing, over the next seven studies, I'd like to to look at each of these names so that we can learn together what they reveal about Jesus. Now the first name John uses to describe who Jesus is, we find in verse 1. Look at it with me as we read the first three verses. Let's look at these together and, and uh, listen as I read in uh, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the beginning, in the beginning was the Word. There's the first name. You hear it? In the beginning was the Word. There's the first name, the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Jesus, the Word. Mark it down. You write in your, if you write in your Bible, you might just put right beside verse 1. The Word, as a reminder, there's the first name. Jesus, the Word. Now, why does John call Jesus Christ the Word. Think about this with me. Why does he call him the Word? And you might come to this, you might think this, isn't the Bible the Word? Isn't the Bible? Don't we call the Bible the Word of God, right? We call the Bible the Word of God, don't we? Now, how can can Jesus be the Word? Here's how. Here's how. Think about this. The Bible is the written Word of God, And Jesus is the living Word of God. You understand that? The Bible is God's revealed Word in in a form that we can take and read for ourselves. Jesus Christ is the living Word of God. The living Word of God revealed in a very special way. We'll see in a moment. He is, and I'll just touch on it here, the Word become flesh. 
He is the Word of God revealed in human flesh, says verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that points to the first way John's Gospel makes clear for us who Jesus is. Who is Jesus? Well, John calls Jesus the Word because Jesus is how God has revealed His mind and His heart to mankind. Jesus is how God has chosen to reveal Himself to us. Yes? Jesus Christ, verse 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us for a very good reason, because God wanted to reveal Himself to us, and He chose to do it through the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the first thing we see here about how John explains to us who Jesus is. Jesus is the Word because Jesus is how God has revealed His mind and heart to us as as human beings. And here's the idea. I want you to think with this. Uh, think think with me about this. Here's the idea. Words mean things, right? And we can't really ever just say they're just words, are they? <laughs> no, they're not, right? I mean, we know words mean things. Words mean things. Words have meaning. Words convey ideas. I'm using words, right? I use words a lot. I started thinking about this week, and I thought, oh, my word, I, I've used millions and millions of words. And a lot of, you go, a lot of you are going, yeah, you've used a million words. Words have meaning. And the reason I use words is to try to help you understand God's word, right? <coughs> Pardon me. Words have meaning. Words convey thought. Words convey our thoughts to one another, right? We use words to express ourselves to each other. Now, sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing, right? You ever get yourself in trouble with your words? <laughs> You're laughing like, like it happened this week. It probably did, didn't it? When do we not get ourselves in trouble with our words, right? We can get into a lot of trouble with words. In, in fact, there are some words that we know we shouldn't use in, in a public place like this, Right? For our own safety, we shouldn't shout certain things. I'm not going to say them, right? We we shouldn't say things that like F I R E, right? If I hollered, you know, that you you might sit still, which would not be wise, right? It wouldn't be wise for me to holler it either, right? Certain things we shouldn't say. Certain things we shouldn't say to those we love, right? Words can do great harm. Words can bring us a lot of trouble. In the same respect, words can do a lot of good, correct? Words can do a lot of good. Words can bring healing and hope and peace. Words can convey to a person you love how deeply you care for them and how much you love them, right? And can bring great comfort and hope and encouragement. Now, even though words, you might say, well, words are only made of letters, true, but words are full of meaning. And even though words are just made of letters, they are very powerful things because they convey meaning and thought. And so think with me about this. The fact that Jesus is the Word, is the Word, not some of the Word, not not part of the Word, not some words. He is the Word. He is the Word of God revealed to us in human flesh. Because Jesus is the Word, that is a, trust me in this one, it is a very good thing. It is a very good thing that God chose to reveal himself to us through Jesus Christ, the Word. Because Jesus is how God reveals his mind and his heart to mankind. Now, how does God do that 
through Jesus. Well, the very day, think about this, the very day that we celebrate today makes very clear the mind and heart of God, does it not? Think about what this day we celebrate. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He died. Why did he die? He died for my sin, right? He died for your sin. He died. And we celebrate his resurrection today. His death and his resurrection says something very clearly about the heart and mind of God. And we celebrate Easter as this reminder of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And as I noted earlier, Jesus died that we might be forgiven of our sins, right? Jesus died. He took our punishment, the punishment we deserve. He took our punishment and he rose from the dead that we might be justified. And we learn something of the mind and the heart of God when we read in John chapter 3 and verse 17 that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that, he, that the world might be saved through him. Now a holy and a righteous God cannot tolerate sin. A holy and a righteous God must deal with sin. God can't tolerate sin, and the price for our sins must be paid. And Jesus Christ paid that price. So we learn that God loves, and God loves so deeply, that he was willing to sacrifice his son for our sins. Now that is a remarkable thing. That God would send his one and only son to die for our sins. Now, as a parent, I know I would probably give my life for one of my children. But I'd probably only do it for a really good reason. I'm not sure I'd do it for the whole world just kind of to cover the sins. I'm not sure I could grasp that. I, I mean, what, what I'm getting at is I don't, I'm not sure we can grasp and fully understand what God did. But we can, we can be grateful and thankful, and we can marvel at it nonetheless. We might say, well, I'd be willing to give my life for so-and-so, but would you be willing to give your life for the sins of mankind, sins you didn't commit? Jesus did. And God sent his son to take our place because a holy God cannot, cannot bear with unrighteousness and unholiness and sin. He cannot tolerate sin. And so we learn something of the heart and mind of God in, in, in knowing that Jesus is the Word. He's revealing Himself to us through the Lord Jesus Christ, and He gives Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ went willingly to the cross for our sake so that we might know God loves us. He cares about us. He cares something about our sin also, and we must pay for our sin, or someone must pay for our sin, and that someone was Jesus Christ. We also learn something else about the heart and mind of God in the next verse, John 3.18. John 3.18 tells us that whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. So, so through the living word, Jesus Christ, we also learn that if you will not believe in Jesus Christ, if you will not accept his loving sacrifice for your sins, then you are condemned to suffer the eternal consequences for your sin. And you might say, well, why are we talking about that? That's important. 
Doesn't it sound important to you? You don't want to suffer the eternal consequences of your sin. Do not reject the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in Him, and you will be saved from your sins. You will be a partaker, a beneficiary of that free gift that He gave you by being sacrificed on the cross and then raising, being raised from the dead to conquer sin and, and, and death and hell. How critical that we get this right. Our eternal destiny is in our hands if we reject the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to it again, John 3.18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Why? Because he has not believed in the name of the Son, the only Son of God. So the living word of God brings grace and truth, correct? The living word of God, Jesus Christ, brings grace and truth. We can see it back in verses 14 and 17 in chapter 1. But we also learn that the living word will return in wrath and judgment to judge those who reject him. I share this with you today because it's important to know this. It's important to understand this, that there will be a day when Jesus does not come as the suffering servant. He will come as a reigning king. Jesus, the living word, reveals the heart and mind of God. And Revelation 9.13 reminds us, and just gives us a glimpse of what it will be like when Jesus returns as a reigning king. It says in Revelation 9.13, He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the word of God. The word of God. Jesus Christ, the Word. The Word is also timeless. Note that in those verses we look at this morning, verses 1 through 3 in chapter 1. The Word is timeless without beginning or end. Jesus was not created. He's existed all along. Verse 1 says this. Look at verse 1 again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Here's the point. At creation, at the beginning, at the beginning of time as we know it, and time is for our sake, not God's sake, right? We need time. He doesn't. He created time for our sake. At the beginning of time, who was there? Well, John 1.1 1, 1 tells us Jesus was there, along with God the Father, right? Jesus was there. In fact, verse 1 sounds a lot like the first verse of the Bible. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then in Genesis 1.3 we learn that God created by the power of his spoken word. He created by the power of his spoken word. But here in John 1.1, the Holy Spirit moves John to tell us something we don't learn from Genesis. That the word through which God created everything was Who? The word through which God created everything was Jesus, right? Now look at John 1.3 again. John 1.3, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now much like that is Colossians 1.16. Colossians 1.16 puts it this way, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. 
And 2 Peter 3.5 reminds us that the earth was formed by the Word of God. The earth was formed by the Word of God. And then we also learn from John that Jesus was God clothed in human flesh. This is remarkable also. Jesus was God clothed in human flesh. It's, it's very clear here and throughout God's word that Jesus was certainly not simply some heroic leader who challenged the establishment of his day. That's not just simply who Jesus was. John says it in verse 1 in very simple words, and, and really all of the gospel of John is put in very simple terms, very simple words for us. He says in verse 1, And the word was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. Make no mistake about it. Jesus is God clothed in human flesh. John says it. Jesus is God the Son, God incarnate, God in human flesh. Now, I, I will admit that boggles my mind too. Does it boggle your mind? How, how can that be? How can it be? It is a mystery, isn't it? You know, some mysteries we will not grasp until God chooses to reveal them to us in eternity, I'm guessing. It's a mystery to our human way of thinking, but it is no less the truth. Don't ever doubt this. It is no less the truth. God came in human form, in human flesh. Jesus Christ, God in human flesh. He was not a mirage. Some, some are, have argued that through the ages. Oh, he was a mirage. Or he was a spirit. He was not a spirit. He was not a mirage. He was, not, he was no illusion. Get this right. John says it like this, speaking for himself and the other disciples in 1 John. In 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, he puts it like this. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, not just looked on, though, that which we looked upon and have touched with our hands. You get it? He was there with with Jesus' disciples. They saw him, but not only did they see him, they touched him with their hands. Concerning the word of life, that's Jesus, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. So by the miracle of the virgin birth, Jesus Christ was revealed to us, God in human flesh. So let me ask you this morning, is it important that we understand and believe that Jesus, the living word, reveals to us the heart and mind of God? Is it important? Is it important that we see and believe that Jesus was the living creating word and he had no beginning and he has no end is that important that we see and believe that is it important that we understand and believe that jesus the living word of god is god in flesh is it important that we believe those things i would say that important is an understatement i think it's critical that we believe i think john thinks it's critical that we believe because he wrote as as i pointed to as we began this morning, his purpose in writing the Gospel of John is so that you would see Jesus and believe. Is it important? Oh, yes. It's critical that we believe. And Jesus himself made very clear in John chapter 14 and verse 6, I am the way 
and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And earlier in John chapter 11, John chapter 11 and verses 25 and 26, he says, I am the resurrection. And to that we say, Amen. Amen. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Today, as followers of Christ, you serve the risen Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you serve the risen Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord. And what he accomplished on the cross and by his resurrection was only possible because he was the Word made flesh. It was God revealing himself to us in human form. If you are not a follower of Christ today, I have a simple question. What will you do with him? What will you do with him? Will you believe? Will you believe in the risen Lord Jesus Christ and be saved? I pray you will. I'll pray for you now. And Father, let's bow our heads together and, and as we pray to the Father and thank Him for the Son, I'll pray for you and pray for you who are followers of Christ. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning, I want you to know that if you're not a follower of Christ, you can trust Him right now, right where you sit, with your heads bowed, with your eyes closed. You simply need to pray to God and admit that you are a sinner. And tell Him that you believe in the Son, Jesus Christ, and believe that He shed His blood for you. And Thank Him for His forgiveness. Believe in Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Father in heaven, we pray this morning. We thank you as we pray. We, we praise you as we pray. We praise you for Jesus Christ. As we've gathered together and we've celebrated together this morning the risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we praise you and thank you. Give you the honor and glory for our salvation. God, what a precious gift that by his resurrection we, we are justified. We are made right before you through the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for your, your saints this morning, your children, that you would grow us in, in fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ through the study of the word and through our fellowship as we commune with you in prayer and as we yield to the Holy Spirit in our hearts. God, I pray, grow us in fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ as we serve him and we honor him and glorify him with our, with our lives, God, help us, encourage us, grow us in this. Father, I pray for those who, who are here today who, who, who may have never trusted you before, who may have never confessed their sins and believed in Jesus Christ for salvation. God, I pray that you will soften their hearts and break down the door of their heart, break it down and, and help them to see that Jesus Christ is is the living the living sacrifice for their sins. God, help them to surrender to you 
and give their lives to you and confess that they are sinners in need of a Savior and believe in Jesus Christ, even now as I pray, God, I pray, draw them to yourself and help them to surrender even this morning. God, help them to see and understand these truths. God, help us, each one, to see and believe these truths for ourselves, to be strengthened in this gospel truth that we study together. God, I pray for your church that you would grow us as we study through this gospel of John together. And as long as you tarry, God, I pray, help us to be faithful to your word and faithful to your truth. As we teach it, as we preach it, as we study it for ourselves, as we obey it, God, help us to obey. Help us to bring great glory and honor to the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.